Welcome to our podcast. My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? The podcast that definitely gets a ton of ads from Zillow, even though they're not looking for a house currently. And my God, Zillow, I'm not looking for a multi-family house or a townhome. Can you please at least give me filters? I just <laughs> want a non-ranch in my neighborhood for under $200,000. That's so hard. Sorry, what was I talking? What were we talking about? <laughs> I went oh. to a dark place for a second. What happened? <laughs> you blacked out on Zillow. I just um, need a house with a, how can you sell a house for $200,000 and it only has a one car garage or a parking slab? What the hell, Zillow? <laughs> what happened? Hey, iced tea is delicious. I'm gonna have to- <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Now, anytime I think of Zillow, I think of the, there's an SNL sketch about yes. Zillow. Yep. That Steph, I don't know. Okay. Steph could not wait. She was like, you have to see this. Okay. I was like, I figured Steph would have shown it to you, but mm-hmm. I didn't know for sure. And by the way, Trulia, you're not off the hook either. $400,000 and this house only has a parking slab and it only has one bathroom. What are you doing? I mean, it's not really the website's fault. I'm blaming the website. <laughs> Because they're not looking at the person listing it and going, uh, are you serious, bro? <laughs> not actually oh, blaming the website. Man. It was just a funny bit. Anyway. So good. Hope y'all been well. We're mm-hmm. back. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Um, <laughs> we didn't, though, because we didn't go on a break this week. Um, so we are uh, leaving the land of... Um, of um serious reality and we're going into the land of serious fantasy this week <laughs> we're stepping away from the 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 hard-hitting drama of britney spears's life and we're stepping into the hard-hitting drama of several teenagers tasked with saving the world from a serious alien invasion that's right benches animorphs is back but before that hey amelia how was your week I couldn't even hear that sigh, but I could feel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know about you. It seems like most people I know, everybody I know is hitting a, some kind of pandemic wall this week as we mm-hmm. hit the one year anniversary of when things really shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so all week I've been like, oh, a year ago today, I was last in a theater oh one year ago today I was you know like Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ anyway um so that has made me a little little sad and depressed um and I'm gonna be honest like I'm an introvert who loves being at home and I feel like I've dealt pretty well with this Mm -hmm. like distancing and isolation and and stuff and chatting with people through zoom and mm-hmm. um all mm-hmm. of that and uh yeah it i feel like it finally finally hit me it's, yeah and i feel really bad for everybody who hit this much earlier than i did um <laughs> but i was talking to steph the other day and i was like i think i finally hit it and she's like wow even you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. From yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a tough tough week. Um, I didn't really feel like doing a whole lot other than mm-hmm. becoming a 
blanket burrito and just laying on my couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that by the end of the week, I was feeling a little be- bit better and okay. was like laughing with friends and, and remembering good stuff again. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting out of it a little bit and yeah, that it's just really easy to, when you start feeling bad to just like what sounds the best is actually not great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, isolating yourself further, withdrawing further is not the answer, even though it's exactly what your brain is telling you to do. Right, um, yeah. So trying to remember that and trying to reach out. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited to, to be talking to you today. And um, yeah, I had, had fun with, Amber yesterday and yeah I've just been just been trying to like do better take care of myself better good good good. I I will say that um yesterday was the official one year anniversary for me walk uh working from home because uh, the 13th was a Friday last year Mm -hmm. and that's when they sent us home and we're like hey take your monitors and stuff with you just in case you know because they're they're probably going to be you know and we yeah. got the word like right as we were leaving. So a lot of people unfortunately had left for the day. So they had to come back the following Monday, mm-hmm. grab, grab their stuff. And I don't even remember at this point, like what I've left at the office because mm-hmm. there was stuff that I was like, I'll take this and I'll take this and I'll take this. Cause like, you know, I should probably wash it. And like, you know, right. two weeks, I don't know how I want that. Cause like the idea was that they were going to like disinfect the office and I was like, well, some of this stuff won't survive it because it's paper, you know, and so if it's mm-hmm. sprayed, it's probably not going to survive. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a two week because at the time it was like, oh, yeah, it's like they'll probably have us working from home for two weeks and then we'll yeah. come back. But even then I was like, I don't know if I want this left. So like a lot of the stuff was like locked away in my um, mm-hmm. drawers and stuff. And the funny thing was that there was a person that was working there at the time that was borrowing like uh, my rock salt lamp because it was like helping them breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it got locked up in their, it got locked up in their thing because they left for like a vacation or something like that before that even happened. Mm-hmm. And then they got let go like a couple of months later. And so I was like, hey, I'll make sure that like he doesn't take my stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah. So, but on the positive side, um, I'm six days away from my one year anniversary with Animal Crossing, having it for officially three years. So that's great. And now you're on board with that stuff. So yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> this week in Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. New segment. Amelia's first segment. Hooray! We did it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, my Nook's cranny was being uh, remodeled, so it was closed all day, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What the hell am I supposed to do? You can go to I have all this islands. stuff to sell, and I don't yeah. know what to do." <laughs> go to other people's islands, baby. I know, but I ended up not playing that much yesterday because I ended up doing other things so mm-hmm. it was fine and I you know immediately got on this morning and went and checked out the new store and sold yeah. a bunch of shit so <laughs> so exciting oh um but I will say it was funny that that Jenny was like who hid 10,000 bells all over your island I don't know and I was like don't put that don't put your mischief on me Jenny just because I did that to you like ages ago yeah 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 for those who do or don't play animal crossing um there is a 
you get like stars in the ground that you can dig up. They just appear. And usually Instead of like it's, an X mark, it's like a star pattern. Yeah. Um, and usually it's fossils that you're digging up. I've also dug up bamboo near bamboo trees. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a seasonal thing. Okay. But that's, a, that's all I've ever dug up before. And on Friday, Steph and Jenny and Jam all came to my island um, to hang out. And <laughs> um, and yeah, ever since then, I've been finding stars in the ground and digging them up and getting bells, which is like money. And I was like, did one of you do this? Is that a thing? Like, I it had never happened to me before. So I didn't uh-huh. know that that was a thing you could do. But I had caught Jenny digging holes in my, on my island. See, that's the difference between Jenny and me is I didn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know what she was doing. And so it wasn't until later that I dug up these bells that I was like, did Jenny do this? So I like, we have an Animal Crossing group chat. And so I was like, I like this has been happening to me for a couple of days is that a thing like what is this and Jenny was like yeah I have no idea how that happened (laughs) so very sweet of her to bury money all over my island Mm -hmm. like a weird pirate um (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah um as far as my week goes uh I didn't really this was actually like a more chill week for me um i mean i did do some stuff uh streaming is going the island is still live it's in you can buy tickets in the description i've updated the previous descriptions um as well so you can't come to me and be like hey (laughs) you didn't do this because i did it i promise but yeah no um oh uh I'll touch on this this uh, this incident real quick because it was it was uh, kind of a thing that brought up. So uh, we probably already talked about this, so I'm talking about it again though. Uh, I, I I recorded a TikTok of me uh, creating a bowl of cereal, and I had to do this because Twitch ambassador and all around great person Cup of Noodle rated my Twitch stream on uh, Tuesday, I think it was, and I was playing uh, Stardew Valley which is another game I have to inevitably get you involved with. <laughs> but because um, Seth is playing it now. Seth oh. Armstrong is playing it now. Oh, um, and he's also streaming. So uh, shout out to the homie Seth on that. But anyway, during the um, Black Voices in Gaming, Twitch gaming segment, when I was playing the demo for newer, one of the last parts of it had a bowl of cereal that had milk in it because the game just lets you play with your food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the bit is, is that you're pouring the cereal into the bowl of milk. And Cup called me out saying that I put the milk before the cereal. And I was like, no, that's how the game demo is. Like, I, like you know, like jokingly, right. like I'm not like, there's no actual offense here. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually offended. So this is all purely for the bit, if anyone is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so she called me out about it and then like brought it up when she raided me. <laughs> So everyone was like, wait, hold up. You put the milk before the cereal cup? Where did you take us? We got to tell- we gotta throw this whole streamer away, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I don't do that. That was the game. So I yeah. made a TikTok showing me. And I like, for the bit, I was like, let me put the milk. And I was like, no, 
And I'm like looking up and then there's the clip of Cup saying like, I don't want to put Sparrow out there, but I noticed that he put the milk before the cereal. And I thought that was a myth. I didn't know anyone actually did that. <laughs> She's so funny. So then I was like, no, and I, I like slam the box of cereal down on the counter and I pour it and then I put the milk in and I just like eat it. I just stare at the camera and just walk away. So not- that that was my big project this week. That's great. But, I have to watch that. Yeah, TikTok. I'm I'm a black sparrow on TikTok. Uh, I normally we normally hold the plugs off till the end, but yeah, that was that was funny. And also, I, I made the mistake of like just like glancing at houses on Zillow. So that opening bit was actually quite true because I wasn't sure what I was going to say, and then a Zillow ad popped up on my phone, and I was like, "Fucking perfect." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then I had waffles, and it was great. Um, so that was my week, but like I said, we were gonna we're gonna cover a couple of uh, books in the Animorph series by the illustrious author known as K.A. Applegate. Uh, but before we do that, uh, last time on Animorphs, I'm kind of gonna give you a quick old recap. So if you haven't watched the previous episode um, that in which we covered Animorphs, uh, first of all, highly recommend you do so because there's I want to say like maybe like two or three of them, uh, maybe two. I, I th- three might be pushing it, but um, I don't recall how we broke it up. I think it was uh, the one point- and two and three through five. Okay. Okay, cool. So then it was two episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely recommend you check those out. But to give you a quick recap, this is a book series about teenagers who are very secretive about where they live and where they are because they're looping you in on in the narrative that they are fighting a secret war against aliens who uh, basically... Uh, can control people by taking residence in their brain head for three days at a time. And then they have to like feed, but they have a you know unique system to make sure that everyone stays controlled. And so an, an, an alien called an Andalite gave uh, these teenagers the ability to morph into other animals, um, really into anything, but like they can, they specifically use animals to combat uh, these aliens and they have to do it in secret and their parents can't find out. And because anyone could be, you know, controlled by this uh, secret alien cabal known as the Yerks, who are trying to take over the, the, the universe. So um, it starts out with that and it's, you know, nothing really goes as well because when you give teenagers who are biggest concerns are acne and, you know, who am I going to ask to nondescript school dance, uh, the ability to basically fight and become a, a you know, a, a small batch of super soldiers that don't know anything about war or like conflict like really beyond like hey this kid pushed me into lockers uh things aren't gonna go well one of the teenagers immediately breaks one of the rules uh of the morphing process and gets trapped as a red-tailed hawk permanently so he basically is now just like you know (laughs) just a bird having to fight bird instincts um and try to survive and um, the other ones get pretty messed up psychologically and and physically in some places, but fortunately morphing back to human form r- restores any of their, uh, you know, keeps them from dying, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty heavy shit to throw at like a nine, 10 year old age group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, in the, in the late nineties, but I, I could not get enough of this series. Right, I did read an article about this in preparation for the um, 
us kind of coming back to here and it was somebody talking about and obviously eventually we'll get there so i'm not going to say too much more but someone talking about how a lot of libraries and like young like and but libraries i mean like school libraries i think regular libraries will still cover it but like a lot of school libraries and like book fairs refuse to 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 carry the last book in the series because of how intent not because it was like bad or anything but like it's it's there's some heavy stuff Hmm. in the end of the series which obviously eventually we will get there but like i i hope that um we get there not in the too distant future but um because i kind of love to to kind of talk about that and and i'm sure i'll be able to find the the article again but you know it's Mm -hmm. unfortunately the internet so something that i find now may not be available tomorrow so uh, you know that whole thing about like if it's on the internet it's there forever isn't necessarily true uh but you Mm -hmm. know it is what it is so so (laughs) on that lovely note one of the last things we talked about was a book called The Predator. And that one was a, a Marco-centered ec- episode, um, I guess you can call it, in which we found out that um, Marco's mother, who disappeared two years before the events of the novel, was basically taken by the Yerks and is now like basically the top-ranked Yerk in charge of the invasion of Earth. So like Marco is basically having to fight against his mother who doesn't show up that often, um, honestly, but no one else really knows what Marco's mother looks like, except for Marco and his best friend, Jake, who's the, the, the unofficial leader of the Animorphs. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end, basically, Marco asks Jake to be like, yo, don't tell them that that's my mother because that's for me that's like a thing for me i don't want them to know that so jake is like yeah cool man but now he had like he has personal motivation to fight the yurks because marco was like pretty much trying to pull himself away from this he was very much like i want to put the horse blinders on if i don't see the yurks they don't exist kind of thing and he wanted to go back to like life as it was before they like met this dying alien in a construction site, which mm-hmm. is just like prime real estate for like a '90s situation. Uh, it's just to There's be like, always like abandoned construction sites. <laughs> totally, totally. That like nowadays, like I don't, I don't, I don't know, like because I'm not a kid, so I don't, I don't know. Do kids like still try and like play around in abandoned construction sites? I feel like they have like video games where they can do that instead of like doing it for real i know and i feel like parents are more safety conscious than they were when we were Mm -hmm. like i feel like i feel like when you talk to people even older than us like gen xers and stuff like it's even more so Uh um so i don't i don't want to like say that our like our parents were like whatever you can do whatever but but yeah i feel like over the years it's more and more and more and more safety conscious. And I get it. Like I do, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, with that and the rise of video games and stuff, it's like kids aren't going outside and like running around abandoned. Constr- I mean, like think about how ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, man. <clears throat> and this isn't like any sort of like slight on, on parenting or the job that uh, my potential, my, my, not my parents potentially did or anything like that. But like, mm-hmm. 
I've got a scar on my leg to prove that parents like were way, way less safety conscious than they are now because like my brother and I were like wrestling around uh, our house and I like jumped off our bunk bed onto like my uncle's bed and uh, like it broke, basically broke the box spring and like a, the spring stabbed me in the leg and gave a pretty, pretty conscious scar. And like, that was the reason we could, we had to stop wrestling. Not because like we were causing like, uh, you know, a particular mess. And to be honest, we still wrestle. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that that can ever really be totally stopped with Mm-mm. young kids, but, but yeah, um, didn't, didn't get stitches yeah. or anything. Uh, they were just like, yeah, just knock that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. But, but yeah, yeah I just, like, go ahead. I feel like kids don't really like, they aren't like let outside and like let roam free as much. I mean, and even that, even, even when I was a kid, that wasn't like a huge thing. But I, rem- I but was going to yeah. say, I remember like just being told to be back before the sun was down or whatever. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I could, I, I distinctly remember being like, I'm going to ride my bike as far as I possibly can ride it before I just get too tired (laughs) I remember going from my house to about like six or seven miles away oh shit like like just getting really really far and then being like huh I guess I should turn back now right (laughs) because like I didn't have a cell phone no one knew where I was going it was just like I was out of the house yep so like in today's thinking, and I know this is an Animorphs theory, like theme thing, but we're going into back in my day, like in today's thinking, that's prime kidnap material. Like, right? See a kid on his bike by himself. Do, you don't see anybody else around. All he's got is just his bike. No keys. No like identifying. Like, hey, beeper or cell phone to like track or anything like that. Just a kid in his bike six mm-hmm. miles away from home like you know i mean like you basically throwing- just told the story of jacob wetterling but um except that he wasn't alone there were other people around really and he wasn't six miles away from home so <laughs> i was gonna say like also like the elizabeth smart case where she was like two miles away from her house the entire time she was like trapped yep and stolen from her home so yes. Yeah, straight up stolen from her home. Not even like she was out like hanging out with friends. Yeah, right. but I, I mean, and I mean, like I remember, like we were still allowed to be outside after the sun went down. We just had to be like in a relative proximity to our house. So like I could still be like the like the next block over or something if the if you know when the street lights were on and it was dark. So mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I don't know. We can we can touch on that as a as a commentary about how right. quote unquote safe certain neighborhoods were versus <laughs> now, but like. Well, and also as two people who are childless, I don't know that I can exactly like say what parenting is like now, but it just, yeah, like, no, I'm not making any like commentary on that now. Like my impression is that like kids aren't left alone as much as mm-hmm. they used to be. Um, Which like, again, the disclaimer for both of us here is that yeah. we're, again, we're not making a commentary on anyone's parenting jobs no, not currently. Judging. We're just, we're just talking about our Off. experiences. Yep. Uh, but I was going to say, I, mm-hmm, yes, yes uh, our experiences and then our observations of now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it would be the opposite considering like 
kids nowadays have cell phones and they have all these different right. like, ways of tracking. Like you would think it would be the opposite direction where mm-hmm. like, because there was no way to know exactly where your kid was, they weren't allowed to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a parent can be like trying to wrangle things at home, pull out their cell phone and go, Oh yeah. Timmy's like literally three blocks away. I can see them beeping on a map. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, without mm-hmm. having to like yell out the yell out the front door and be like, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I had yeah. a friend who like, that was, that was their distance. Like mm-hmm. if, if their parents decided to yell out the front door, their name, he had to be able to hear them. Cause if he couldn't, he was too far away. Yep. Straight That's... up. And if, and if he didn't respond, that was instant grounding for that boy. Yikes. So anyway, back to abandoned construction sites and, <laughs> in kids books yes (laughs) yes i didn't read too many kids books i'm not gonna lie because like animorphs was the jam and then harry potter up until like order of the phoenix was like was like the backup when animorph when i had the animorph books that i didn't want to reread there weren't anyone any new ones out quite yet is Mm -hmm. when harry potter would fill in so i don't know if, if you have more um you know, more experience about reading about uh, abandoned construction sites in books. I just feel like that that's like prime, like 90s settings. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. shit that happened in an abandoned construction site. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, that's the general synopsis of what has happened up to this point in Animorphs. Um, each, I want to say, I want to, I, I want to say almost every character has gotten some sort of shine because the books are told from the perspective of one of the specific Animorphs with some exceptions. There's a couple mm-hmm. of books where there's, you know, there's some, some narration shifts and things like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're moving on to the capture, which I believe was published in February of 97. And this one loops back around to Jake, uh, who is the the one who the, the person who tells the he's basically the um, main character. And I use all sorts of air quotes because he was the first narrator through the book mm-hmm. series. David B. Mattingly did the cover art for this. And um, all of the cover art, almost all of the cover art is one of the Animorphs morphing into something. And this one is Jake, who is like he's kind of like got his arm perched like this and he's like looking into the camera and he becomes a housefly. So it's kind of like a, an interesting little, um, mm-hmm. if you check the Wikipedia page, it, it has the um, cover for it. So without doing many spoilers and I'm going to try and make sure that like, if the, if the um, I'm going halfway off of my memory of what happened apart from the, the TV series, because the TV series did cover this book and the book itself there was a short-lived TV series that had Brooke and Evan in it. And I was like, Oh my God, she's so pretty. Um, <laughs> Rachel. Anyway, I think I've said that before. So in this particular book, the Animorphs are, are um, infiltrating uh, the sharing, which is like the teen hangout, like Bible study esque kind of like group that um, the Yerks are basically trying to use to recruit people into to you know their whole goal is to make everyone on earth a controller so they can take over Mm -hmm. so um they're trying to like be like hey it's cool hang out with us and like if you become like a cooler member you'll get like into the inner circle which is really just like their opportunity to be like here yeah just come down here and now we're just gonna dunk your head in this gray sludge now you have a yerk in your head congratulations so the animorphs are obviously infiltrating it to figure out what the yerks are up to so they can stop it Mm 
they find out that the Yerks have already taken over an entire hospital staff. Oh, shit. And they're planning to turn um, the governor of their state into a controller because he has a, he has a, um, a surgery scheduled. So he's going to go in for his, his surgery and they're going to be like, while he's under, enjoy Yerk, please. And he's going to be like, <laughs> I do not. And they're going to be like, we give no fucks. <laughs> so, um, and, and the, to make things worse is that not only is he the current governor, but he's planning to run for president, which obviously like, we we know now that the presidency isn't as strong but like to kids like the presidency especially like in the 90s could be like well that's that's going to be a big game over because mm-hmm. not only is he going to be able to like get way more americans you know in into um into the yerk servitude but then that that gives the yerks essentially a, an allied global power yep to fight with so uh, they're like, nope, this can't happen. So they uh, they morph into houseflies, which like think about just like, and th- this series goes pretty detailed into mm-hmm. morphs. So like it doesn't quite, co- it does eventually, but not quite yet cover like what happens to the like mass of a human being when they go through a morph. Like they cover that, which I was like, Catherine, impressed. <laughs> I'm grossed out like a motherfucker, but I'm impressed. <laughs> Cause like that, like if you think about it, that's totally something that could have just been like ah, andalite magic, whatever. Like, yep. don't worry about it. You just shrink to the size of a housefly, and then you become that. But they actually like go through like what happens to like the rest of your body and stuff because obviously, not a lot of organ, skin, bone, etc. Matchups between a human and a housefly. Believe it or not. Sorry to gross you out. I hope you weren't eating while you were listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they go, uh, they infiltrate houseflies to, to get in the hospital and they find that for whatever reason, this is where I was like, hold on, Catherine, you went through this, but then you aren't going to explain why there's a jacuzzi in the hospital. Whatever. <laughs> Fine. There's a jacuzzi in the hospital. They've converted it into a miniature yerk pool so they can bring small, like, you know, and, and for those of you who don't remember or aren't going back to listen to previous episodes, the yerk pools are essentially how yurks can survive when outside of a host because they need specific nutrients in the sludge and also candrona rays which i assume is like their sun like an an imitation of the the sun on their home planet Mm -hmm. um and that's why they need to leave a host every three days is because they have to get that because they can't get nutrients from their host so they have they basically put a small yurk pool in there jake is like nah fam he demorphs to human he can turn the jacuzzi on and essentially boil these yurks alive mm-hmm. um but they're discovered by some controllers and the, the a fight happens jake is hit in the head with a bullet and falls into the yurk pool and from his perspective one of the yurks that is like, nah, this boiling sucks. I'm going to get an exit. Uh, a yurk by the name of Temrash114 enters his brain. So um, the, for those of you, again, who don't remember or aren't going back, when uh, the, the book describes and the lore describes as uh, when a yurk enters one's brain is that they know everything that you know. Mm-hmm. They know how you would react. Mm-hmm. They know every little facial tick. They know like just anything that you would know mm-hmm. to be you. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger of it is that like essentially without knowing it, 
like it, like knowing what a, like a yerk would do or anything like that they essentially become you for for lack of things like right. body snatching if you will right so, like the danger with this is that this kid who was just given all of this knowledge about what's going on on earth and the ability to morph is now firmly in your hands. Mm-hmm. There is a year like Temrash is now one of the few yurks that can morph because he can do anything that Jake can do. Uh-huh. And so Jake is like freaking the fuck out because his friends don't know. Like he is essentially being totally chill. Like, mm-hmm. They're like, what the fuck? Jake's like, nah, I'm cool, man. Like the bullet like hit me, but I just like demorphed and remorphed and now I'm cool. Like, you know, so it's totally fine. The problem with this is, and I guess fortunately for the Animorphs, they have Axe, who is an Andalite and mm-hmm. a sworn enemy of the Yerks. Mm-hmm. So they escape the hospital. Jake is panicking because he's like, I can't control my body. I can't tell my friends, hey, there is a yerk in my head. And they don't know. However, Temrash fucks up. Because <laughs> he sees Axe and go and sneers. And Axe is like, why would Prince Jake sneer at me? Aha, he did fall into the yerk pool. He's fucking controlled. And everyone's like, nah, fam, he's fine. Like, no, 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 no. And then... It, it, with Je- with Axe basically accusing him, Temrash fucks up again, loses his cool, and calls him Andalite Filth, which everyone was like, uh, what the fuck? So they're all like, yeah, he's totally controlled. Like, it's like, it just happens like, yeah. like snap, 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 snap. Because uh-huh. uh, like, Temrash has it all and immediately cannot keep his fucking cool. Yeah. Because like, I'm sure any other Yurk that like, so Jake actually gets lucky because like, I feel like any other Yurk would have been like, Nah, man, everything's fine. You dirty motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you. Like, you know, like, but like totally (laughs) like not said anything. But Tamrash fucks it up. So they basically decide to hold Jake for three days because they know that that's how long Tamrash can hold out. Mm -hmm. So their their game plan is, is that everyone's going to take shifts watching a chained up Jake, which like, you know, again, he can morph into a fucking housefly. So like, or anything like an ant or something small. So like right. normal bonds are not going to do much. Right. Um, but they have Axe morph Jake to cover. <laughs> so basically Axe is just spending shifts as Jake for three days while everyone else is taking turns, like making sure that Jake doesn't go anyplace. Uh-huh. Um, so, and, and uh, the book doesn't, the, the book does a very good job of having a lot of the conversations go back and forth between Temrash and Jake in his head, oh. because he can talk mm-hmm. to, they can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And Temrash is just taunting him being like, basically like, like standing in the filing cabinet mind space of Jake's life and being like, Hey, remember when this happened? Yeah. Guess what? That was me because I used to control your brother. Mm-hmm. like he would pull shit like that out or be mm-hmm. like oh yeah remember when you like scraped your knee on that what a fucking pathetic loser you are like obviously he wasn't saying it like that but just like this like your enemy is in your head and can literally be like hey remember when you were a baby and you just like pooped everywhere and everyone like laughed like you know just like just pulling all of these experiences from his life and just being like that's mine now so basically basically he's just anxiety got it okay <laughs> He's anxiety, but also he wants all of his friends to take over the entire universe and like basically leave you paralyzed and unable to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. sure. 
Exactly. But you were yeah, like, the enemy metaphor. is in your head. And I was like, isn't it though? <laughs> You're not wrong there. You're not wrong. Okay. So they basically have Jake in an abandoned shack out in the forest, but he's got access to all of Jake's morph. He morphs into a tiger when he thinks that like he's got an opening and he escapes the shack. And then he becomes lost because he doesn't know where he is. They've taken both Tamrash and Jake to a place that they're unfamiliar with. And then he morphs into a falcon. But what he doesn't, what they both don't know, obviously, because they're not going to tell Jake because then Tamrash knows it, is that the other Animorphs have contingency plans. They're actually playing this pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens is Rachel pretends to fall asleep and then Tamrash morphs Tiger, pieces out, gets lost, and is like, that's fine. I'll just, you know, fly away. I'll become this. But Cassie, who is like Jake's like girlfriend, but not actually his girlfriend, they do this will they, won't they the entire series, uh-huh. is a great horned owl who just fucking takes him down <laughs> like out of nowhere. Because it's like, yeah. it's like night. It's like dead of night. And Jake doesn't have any morphs that like do well nocturnally. Like I think his, I think he's got like a peregrine falcon morph, which like they fucking sleep at night, so they're not gonna be able to fucking know what the, you know, where they're going as well as an owl would. So Cassie just tackles his ass out of the air, just like no, no, no. <laughs> so um, they basically he he basically hits the ground. He tries to morph into a wolf because he can do that, but he gets stopped by a wolf pack that they ran into back in the book. Uh, I can't remember which book it was, but it's called The Encounter. It's the mm-hmm. one that is uh, narrated by Tobias. I think that's the one where he gets trapped. But basically he runs into another wolf pack and is like, fuck. Uh, Rachel basically is like, uh, dummy, I was pretending to sleep so I could watch you slip up. Mm-hmm. She becomes an elephant and just like grabs him and is like, we're going back now. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> yeah. So Tarash is taunting Jake this entire time, basically being like, I'm going to fucking get back to the Yerks and I'm going to turn you over. I'm going to get promoted all the way to like Vizzer. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to be bigger than Vizzer three because I grabbed one of the humans and I'm so great. Um, they're going back and forth. And like I said, he, he actually does reveal that at one point he was the Yerk controlling Tom's brother or mm-hmm. Jake's brother, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Jake is like super pissed at this point. One time, one more time, he tries to escape. This time, he tries to escape as an ant. And he's like, Tamrash is running out of time. Like, this is like his last day at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he fucks up because he runs into an enemy ant colony. And this is like a memory that Tamrash should probably have taken from Jake, but I guess didn't mm-hmm. because they, there was a, a, a bit in a previous book where they ran into an ant colony and almost got literally torn apart. Oh, they had to like demorph as a result. Uh-huh. So, um, after that attempt to escape, he's like, he's run out of time. He starts to basically like make super desperate moves because he's dying of starvation mm-hmm. and he fucks it up. And Jake is like sharing his pain because they, he's in his head because, you know, so he's like freaking out. And finally, the final hours tick through. Timrash like can't, he basically just like dies in Jake's head and just like comes out. So he doesn't stay in there. Like it's like a dead being he exits jake jake's head and they basically watch it happen the other animals watch it happen and i think in the tv series he like steps on him i don't think it happens in the book but jake like steps on temrash afterwards 
but there's in the book series they show this terrifying or they show i'm using air quotes this Mm -hmm. terrifying monster Mm -hmm. that jake is like what the fuck was that um but there's no real explanation right now as to what that is i know who it is but i'm not going to tell for the sake of you know storytelling Mm -hmm. um so they so he sees this like terrifying monster and is like what the fuck is that and then he returns home and his family is like, so Jake finally returns home as himself. He's no longer controlled. He's survived the harrowing experience of, of being a human controller. And his family's like, yo, glad to see you, Jake. You've been kind of like weird lately. Is everything okay? Because Axe doesn't know like how to be Jake, mm-hmm. much less much of a human. Uh-huh. So like basically like the B plot of this is just Axe is just being like a comedy of errors in Jake's life. Like... <laughs> Because um, I think what we touched on last time was that, like, the sense of taste for Axe as an Andalite, like, overloads his senses because he's a herbivore. Mm -hmm. So, like, things like cinnamon buns, which is, like, a bit in the series is that Axe loves cinnamon buns and he, like, says the words out because, like, they feel weird in his mouth or whatever. So he's just been, like, snacking on, like, copious amounts of cinnamon buns and, like, tasting cigarettes and just, like, being, like, a general weirdo as Jake. Not trying to, but just doing so. So Jake is relieved. He knows that his brother, he knows what happened to his brother. So in the end of the, I don't remember what happens in the TV series, but the end of the book, Jake morphs partway to Wolf and calls his brother and he does he, he morphs part way to wolf to disguise his voice and is like i know what's happening to you mm-hmm. don't give up mm-hmm. like you got this like i we, we will get you out of there mm-hmm. um and it doesn't happen in the book but it does happen in the tv series and it's like one of my favorite parts of the of of the entire like animorphs lore is mm-hmm. in the tv series jake's jake's brother tom is like listening to this and like as he's hearing it his hand starts to shake like real subtly and then it starts getting stronger and then like you know the, the you're controlling Tom like looks down at his hand and then just like shakes it and just like goes like this like no I still have you but mm-hmm. it's like this cool moment of defiance where like Jake is uh, Jake's brother is like actually fighting back yeah uh, so it's, it's real real cool and that's the capture that book uh for me specifically was a real hard read up till you know the end because i was like invested in these characters and i was like it's like when you get invested in a good tv series and they go hey you really like this character and you were getting to know this character they're fucking gone Uh (laughs) you know like bye they're done like that's over and this was coming out episodically it wasn't like the whole series was out at that time so i was like right okay, so was this like a mini series and now it's fucking over because now I feel all sorts of feelings that aren't going to get resolved. <laughs> yeah. And then I like, finished the book. Like I actually remember stepping away from this because I was like, man, I was liking this series and now it's over and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but then I finished and I was like, okay, cool. So I, I, I guess we're getting more. So, yeah. all right. So I'm going to pause for a second there. If you have any thoughts or anything that else that you wanted to, to ask questions about or anything that was unclear. No, um, no, I'm I'm in it. I'm on this roller coaster now. <laughs> it back, gets. I'm back in. Mm-hmm. So some um, major things that I'm looking up for you, as far as the TV series, they split this into two parts. So they split this into the capture part one and part two, so two episodes. 
I think in the book, they discover it because Tom is dialing various doctors at home, I guess. But on the TV series, he learns about the clinic through their parents and a meeting with Visor 3, a.k.a. Victor Trent, who, which is the name of Visor 3's um, human morph. He basically okay. just like steals it and just renames it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the TV series, Jake's dad ends up running the clinic. That's like their way of like explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the TV series, they give Axe this power to demagnetize a card and turn it to a card that works on any standard card reader, which like the idea uh, is that like Andalite's technology is so like far ahead of humans that like theoretically he could do it. But like, that's not really a thing that Andalites can just do innately of themselves. Like he could possibly build something to do that. But like, yeah, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't name Jake's Yerk in the TV series. Um, I guess in the TV series, they marked cockroaches. Huh. But which they do in the book, but not to examine the facility. They're almost stepped on. In the TV series, he only morphs into one animal. So they basically truncate the escape attempt. Um, and in the TV series, he's just held at the barn, Cassie's barn, which is like a huge fuck up move because like Cassie's parents are there. Uh-huh. So that's like a plot hole, I guess, for the TV series. I don't know. And in the TV episode, um, they re- they have Axe rewire the telephone to be untraceable, uh, untraceable and electronically disguise his voice, which I did not remember until I just read that. But mm. I like the way that they do it in the book where he partially morphs a wolf. Yeah, personally. that's way cooler. Yeah. So that is the capture. Next up is uh, a book called The Stranger, which is Rachel. And it's one of my favorite covers because Rachel's morphing into a fucking standing grizzly bear. Oh, dang. It's so dope. Rachel's one of my favorite characters in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, this book was also I adapted as part of the TV series, which I'll get into um, later. But we'll kind of uh, go through this one. Okay. So um, some background knowledge for Rachel is that she's cousin to Jake. Um, they're, they're cousins. But Jake's, no, excuse me, Rachel's dad isn't really around. He's mm-hmm. like off doing something in another state. I don't remember exactly. Maybe the, the synopsis will give me some more insight on that. I don't remember if the, how strained the relationship is between Rachel's parents. I just know mm-hmm. that her dad doesn't really live with them. Gotcha. Um, and he basically is just like, yo, Rachel, want to come live with me mm-hmm. in this other state? And she's like, uh, I mean, I love you, Dad, but I'm kind of fighting a secret alien war with my friends, and that would make this real hard. So, like, conflict out the gate is, like, Rachel yeah. has to, like, try and figure out how to explain to her dad that, like, she would love to live with him, but, like, she literally can't do it because uh-huh. she can't, like, you know, what if she has to fight the Yerks in that other state? She can't do it alone, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she doesn't have the cube to, like, give other people powers, and she doesn't know who she can trust, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, so there's some recon work. Marco and Tobias find an entrance to an underground yerk pool under one of the changing rooms in the gap. <laughs> actually gets named. They actually were like, yeah, it's the fucking gap. So you go into this changing room and you pull a bar and all of a sudden you're just like, fall into the yerk pool. <laughs> some of so y'all will funny. get that reference. That is so funny because... When you were saying that it was the gap in my mind, I was like, what a night, like, obviously the gap still exists, but just Mm -hmm. like when you said that, I was like, oh my God, what a nineties thing. And then I literally, my head went fall into the gap. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Uh, So if you don't know those commercials, Mm -hmm. just go, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth going to look up, but 
yeah what a just nice know that that was a that was a situ that was a situation yeah. for um for yeah. gap for a time that was like one of their like catchphrases or whatever mm -hmm. so they infiltrate the pool and they're trying to figure out where they can basically attack the earth-based Kondrona machine mm -hmm. because if they hit that that's going to severely weaken the yurks because then they can't replenish nutrients which means they need to pull back or let these yurks die um they are in the they, they go in as cockroaches in the book but then they get caught on the tongue of this giant centipede which i don't remember if i if we talked about what taxons look like in the previous two episodes but basically so yeah okay yeah just think of like these centipede looking monsters but they're like you know 10 times as large and they have like jelly eyes and like they're just gross and yeah yeah, yeah they're just huge gross centipedes that can for that can somehow like pull the trigger on a weapon mm -hmm. <laughs> they they have hands that are capable of doing that somehow so they get caught on the tongue of the taxon and the taxon is like this is food because they are so animal brained mm -hmm. like it's not like uh it's almost not worth it to the yurks to control them they just are like go fight that. And the mm -hmm. taxon is like, me hungry, I will do it. So like, mm -hmm. there aren't really many taxon controllers because it's just like, they're just too animal, like reptile brain that they just don't think, they just do. So the Yerks actually are just like, we're just going to employ these as our like our heavies and not even fucking control them. It's not worth it. It's not going to work out. So the taxon is about to eat all of the Animorphs and again, end my fucking series. <laughs> and then time freezes. And then they're forcing, they're being forced out of morph, including Tobias, who I will remind you is stuck as a red-tailed hawk. So I was gonna all, say it. Is that still happening? Yeah. Because like, and I know that this is not the point at all, but I, every time we talk about that, I'm just like, what do his parents think? Like, did he like do they think he's just missing? That's I, so sad. I think. The way the book established it, I'm gonna have. I'll have to look. I'll have to look back at this, and I think I may have to do so by talking. Uh, going, going to listen to Morph Club, which is um, a lovely podcast that that specifically covers these these books in way more detail than I am doing. Um, I think the way that they covered it is that like his parents aren't around, and like he was staying with his uncle, and his uncle didn't really care about him, or it could be his aunt or something like that. Okay. So basically, it's like one of those kids. It's like uh, you know, like. I think he's just like, oh, nobody gave a shit about me. It's fine. Okay. Like, I think it's that kind I mean, of situation. I mean, that's also really sad. But... It's really sad for sure. And it's like wild to like hit those kind of things, you know, in a in a young, a, a YA novel series and be like, oh yeah, sometimes your parents and, and your people who are tasked with like taking care of you just don't give a shit. And so if you go missing and become a red-tailed hawk for the rest of your natural life, no one except for the people like that are your friends who already know about it are going to care. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like reading this book in like your school library during a lunch hour. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's so sad, but also, you know, what else? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So basically everyone is about to be eaten. And I think Tobias is the only one that's not going to be eaten because he can't morph at this point. Either way, he can't demorph into a human or he can't morph into something else time freezes and they're all just being returned to human form and they all look around and they're like Tobias and he's like I'm human what the fuck <laughs> and so they're all like uh this got weird as hell what is happening 
And then this old, like, like Gandalf Yoda cross looking dude named the Elemist shows up and he's he's basically described as an all powerful being. And he says, I can't interfere with other species, but when a species is in danger of becoming extinct, we can step in and take a sample of them. Mm-hmm. so like a, like essentially like thinking of it as like a conservatorship and being like well this this the human race is about to go extinct so i'm gonna save like these six and uh we'll just see what happens mm-hmm. um he informs the anamorphs that he wants to preserve a part of earth's beauty along with some humans because the yurks are going to win the war he's basically like y'all are gonna lose so that's why i stepped in like even if you were to get like not be destroyed by this taxon right now, y'all are going to lose point blank period. And so they are like, okay, so what is happening? And he's like, well, I was going to pick y'all and some other humans to save, or I can let y'all go back to being in the taxon and y'all can fucking roll the dice. And knowing that, I mean, even if you roll the dice, you're still going to lose. So they're like, okay, well, how long do we have to decide this? Because of course, some of the Animorphs are like, well, if we're going to fucking lose, why don't we just like save ourselves? And some of them are like, no, we're not going to, no, why would we give up? Like we promised that we were going to fight for human, the human race. And he's like, you have to decide right now. He's Mm -hmm. like, if you choose, yes, you and all your families will be transported to another planet. But if you choose, no, everything that, this whole conversation is moot. Y'all will be returned to where exactly you were when I arrived, which means about to be eaten by a taxon. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the The group puts it up to a vote. And uh, while it's going on, Jake and Rachel notice a drop shaft because they haven't left the space necessarily that they were at. They're just Mm -hmm. no longer on the tongue of the taxon, but they're still in the general area. Mm -hmm. Um, They notice a drop shaft and a human frozen in the act of moving up through it. And they're like, "Uh, we'll take our chances. See ya. And he's like, oh, okay. I didn't think that was going to happen, but (laughs) bye. And so he returns them back to where they're at. They demorph and they fight. Uh, they they demorph so they don't get eaten. Um, I don't remember exactly how the book covers like they demorph without giving themselves up, mm-hmm. but they demorph um, and they fight their way to the drop shaft that they saw when they were talking to the Alamist. Mm-hmm. Um, he appears that to them again, and he's like, "Y'all sure? Because I know I said like y'all had to decide right now, but I feel like you weren't taking the seriousness." <laughs> of the situation uh-huh. so um let me just pull this real quick and so he takes them to a future where the Irk, the yurks have already won and they show him they show the anamorphs visor three who is because he won the war on earth has been promoted all the way to visor one and then rachel comes face to face with uh herself essentially who is infested mm-hmm. by a yurk and mm-hmm. so they have a conversation going back and forth with Rachel just being like, we were so stupid. Like, why did you even think that we were going to fight this? Because, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And Rachel's like, she doesn't say this, I don't think, in the book. But she's basically like, yeah, you're wearing my face, but you're obviously not me. Mm-hmm. You're a yerk. So, like, why the mm-hmm. fuck would I listen to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hinted, obviously, that this timeline is an alternate future rather than the actual one. Uh-huh. as. Uh, Rachel's yerk sees Axe and is like, who the fuck is that? 
And so that so then everyone is like, huh? Like, what do you mean? Who the fuck is that? Like, if you're me, you would know who that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have the memories to pull from that, even as right. a jerk. Uh, so, yeah. So um, I, I, it's assumed that it's an alternate timeline where Axe was never rescued or another person like, you know, was with them when they walked through the construction site. Um, Rachel notices that most of the skyscrapers in the buildings have been leveled except for the tallest one, which is the EGS tower. I don't know if that's a real tower or for one that's made up for the sake of the um, book. And it apparently stands at the base of a large open yerk pool and was discovered and is covered with a shiny dome. And they turn it down. Actually, no, they return to their own time and they decide to accept his offer. They're like, all right, fine. And they expect to be immediately whisked away, but nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And then Rachel is like, what happened? And she concludes that the Elemis did not transport him because he wanted a different answer. And she's thinking on it and she realizes that he was doing what he could to help them without interfering. So he wasn't actually giving them the choice, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. He was playing within the rules of like his own species, but basically mm-hmm. being like, hey, do y'all want this choice? Look at the drop shaft, look at the drop shaft, look at the drop shaft. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he was trying to be like, look over there, look over there, look, I'm trying to help you idiots. And yeah. so like when they chose and he didn't do it, it was because he didn't want them to say yes, because he was mm-hmm. trying to be like, hey, look, the EGS tower, that's what y'all are trying to find. Like, that's mm-hmm. see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, oh, he was playing like 4D chess. <laughs> what the? <laughs> <laughs> he was like actually playing 4D chess and we were playing 2D chess. Like, what's happening? Uh-huh. So she remembers the EGS towers and she's like, oh, then the Condrona Ray must be there because that's why would they keep that building around? That's the only one that makes sense. And so she gathers the animal, the rest of the animals for a raid. And right before the battle, they take the top floor, they destroy the Condrona Ray and they shove it out a window. The Elemis is like, yeah, basically, uh, without saying this, I can't tell you actually what the future is going to be. And humans might win the war. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, Rachel is like after the you know after they get this big victory of pushing the Kendrona thing out the window and all that stuff, Rachel goes home and is like, "Hey, Dad, I love you, but I can't live with you." Like she finds the ability to tell him, "Like I can't. I have to stay here with my friends. I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah major things that are different from the tv series they meet the uh elemis when they're captured by the yurks in the forest when they're searching for axe um which doesn't happen in the book obviously in the tv series unlike that in the books the the candrona emits a visible red light whereas in the the books they they establish that it's kind of like uv light it's you don't actually see it it's just Mm. like a thing that is emitted Mm -hmm. um and the only uh, non-Andalite to morph into uh, in in the, the the stranger, I believe the TV version, is Rachel. She morphs into a lion on the in the attack. And um, hold on, apparently they pull a plot line from the Predator in the TV series, which I was like, oh okay, um, interesting. But that is the stranger. I remember being incredibly confused because I wasn't um, smart puzzle solving Sherrick yet. So I was like, wait, they said no. And he was like, okay, if that's what you're sure. And then he like came back and was like, but are you sure? And they were like, okay. And then he was like, 
but now I don't want you to take my offer. And I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You were mad that they said no. And then you were mad that they said, yes, I don't get it. Like, you know, <laughs> but then like when the book were like started to spell it out, I was like, oh, I understand. <laughs> and uh, I believe after sometime after this book, and I may I may be getting my timeline off my personal timeline off. But this is when I decided to tr- like become like a huge fan. And I was like, I want animorphs merch and i want this and that and so when they came out with like the the secret club um which you got like a cool like like very 90s like black like rubber like it's like leather but rubber at the same time kind of uh necklace with the animorphs logo on it i was like i'm gonna fucking wear this all the time when that Mm -hmm. necklace broke i was heartbroken i desperately tried to fix it but because it was like you know like leather or whatever it's like you can't like glue that back together you know it's just it's gone so Mm -hmm. every once in a while i decide to look on ebay and see if it's worth it (laughs) to see if they still have the animorphs necklace i love how you were like this is the point at which i decided to become a huge fan and i'm just like is it really a choice i feel Uh, sometimes fandom chooses you (laughs) yeah you might be right on that you might be right on that but it was just like i was so like i just remembered how heartbroken i was over like thinking that it was going to be over and then like Mm -hmm. when it swung back around and then it was over again i was like okay applegate's taking me on all sorts of roller coasters and like unlike typical unlike most of them i i will happily take the ride on this one Uh uh-huh i love it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sad news for me. No one else is going to care, but apparently the uh, there aren't any Animorph necklaces available on eBay currently. <laughs> Just straight up not listed. There's a book called My Cute Pony, which I'm like, I don't know why this is coming up in the listing because I clearly I... searched Animorph's necklace, but whatever. I love uh, eBay searches for that reason. Like sometimes the weirdest shit comes up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay sure fine whatever um and i'll 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 send you a picture of what the animorphs necklace looked like uh later um it was this it was called the sanctuary mm. is what it was called uh the secret group and you got uh that and you got newsletters that treated you very much like the um you know like like you were a part of it now like we can trust you and i was like they can trust me and I, my friend, I had a friend named Cassie and we also like, we were just like big into this. And I was like, it's so cool. Huge fans. It's so um, funny. I was just about to say like, are there still like, does that, is that still a thing? Like secret fan clubs or whatever. And then I was like, that's basically what Patreon is now. <laughs> I was going to say like Patreon or like subscribe star only fans. It's just for, it's just not for his like YA novels. It's just for like literally whatever. Yeah. <laughs> One of these That's days so I'm going to have my own, my own secret fan club. And I'm just going to be like, you, the only way you know about it is if you know about it. And I send you a newsletter every month. <laughs> Here's a picture of me eating waffles or me like sign just getting out of bed. me up. <laughs> First member of the secret <laughs> share club. This has already gotten ridiculous. 
I all mean, right. that happened in episode one. But... Yeah, true. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I would join your secret fan club, Amelia. I so that was um, the next two books in the series. That was six and uh, six and seven, I believe. So we covered Jake getting, you know, captured by the Yerks and then basically getting taunted by Yerk named Temrash, a.k.a. anxiety, depression, brain evilness. Uh, and then <laughs> Rachel having to play freaking charades with an all-powerful being, being to figure out <laughs> why he was offering them or why they were offering him, them the choice of like being kept in a conservatory or not and then pulling the rug out from underneath them both times I guess so um, I, I guess my, my any thoughts at this point to me I know it's kind of been a wild ride for this book this young adult book series I know like every time I'm just like oh yeah this like this book series for for you know young adults and kids and I was like yeah but it's just like I don't know I'm on the ride I don't really have questions I just like feel like I'm strapped in and just along for the ride and <laughs> does yeah. it make you want to read these for yourself um kind of I mean it kind of does but it also kind of makes me go like oh man now I don't have to because you're just gonna <laughs> tell me everything <laughs> you're giving Fair me enough. the clips notes um so that I can enjoy this content but not take the time to read them all <laughs> <laughs> well um there is there for those of you who want a bit more in-depth animorph stuff without necessarily reading it i highly recommend uh the the podcast that is uh, unfortunately no run longer running because they've gotten all, uh, through all of them it is called morph club and I'm trying to remember um, the name of the two lovely ladies that uh, Carrie Peach and Meg Brennan, I believe, um, Megan and Carrie. Um, fun fact, Megan, or excuse me, Carrie Peach does the art for the Adventure Club, uh, the Adventure Zone um, graphic novels. So if you are a fan of those, um, Carrie does the art for that and she's fantastic. But Definitely check out, it's called Morph Club and Animorphs Podcast. They go way further into detail than I did. Um, they're incredibly funny. Uh, they, yeah, that, that podcast ended two years ago uh, now. The episodes, there's 72 episodes minimum. So that is a, a lot of content if you really desperately want to get into Animorphs, but you want more than what we covered here today. Mm -hmm. so uh with that being said i didn't make up a theme song for it but this is amelia what the fuck is this <laughs> this is the part of the episode where i find something ridiculous on the internet and show it to amelia without any context and then y'all can enjoy it as well on our instagram and twitter pages so without All any right. further ado i'm gonna shut my mouth and let amelia enjoy the fuck what a smart dog Okay, I love that this Twitter account is called Why You Should Have Dog at You Should Have Dog. <laughs> so it's a dog playing Connect Four. Hang on, I got to watch it to the end again because I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I was talking over the end. <laughs> so like he's so, so, oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, so he puts... Three, he, I, I don't know why I said he, this dog, they put, um, three 
whatever those things are called, those circle things. They're like dirt checkers, essentially. Yeah. In one on top of the other. And then the human puts one on top to stop the dog from getting a connect four. And when that happens, the dog just like pushes the whole <laughs> thing over. <laughs> I'm like, um, what a smart dog! Like <laughs> to know that this human has like just blocked them and made them lose. Just so great. <laughs> it's so funny because not only did he teach the dog how to play Connect Four, right? Like teach the dog how to like basically not eat the freaking checkers, yeah. and then but also to drop it in with its mouth. Yeah. But then it taught the dog how to be a sore loser. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably like treat based so like probably like if it gets connect four it gets a treat so mm-hmm. because it didn't it's like no <laughs> dare yeah. you. and then right. it like looks up like you did this to me <laughs> yep yep it's so good <laughs> i saw that and i was like amelia doesn't have a dog but this is why you should have dog oh <laughs> no thank you i like i like some dogs but i mainly like them as long screen. as you can get away from them <laughs> it's kind I understand. how i feel about kids it's like i like them they're cute but i want to give them back i can understand that i can understand that but yeah so that was the wtf for the week we hope you enjoyed it just as a reminder, you can check out MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org to see the island that runs through the 28th of this month. So you still got, uh, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, unfortunately, I believe uh, if you're listening to this uh, as it has come out, unfortunately, you have missed the talkback options that were on the Milwaukee Chamber Theater's Facebook page. But they are still they should, I believe, still be up there. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you can watch them. And I believe you can drop a line in, in the comments of that and your, your question will be answered. Otherwise, you can email tickets at MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org for more information. And it's also how you can buy tickets, but you can just buy them on the website. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's up to you if you prefer not to go to the website and just want to an email um, that's an option but if you have questions you can also send them to tickets at milwaukeechambertheater.org um, sharecrobinson.com is where you can find me all of my my lovely links in one one place you can also find me at a black sparrow on tiktok on instagram and on twitter i'm actually starting to move uh, at least i want to say trying to do at least uh, you know once a day or maybe once every other day uploads on instagram so there is that lovely pictures on my face and you can find amelia at shake meets world in all the places that amelia wants to be found mm-hmm. uh if and you would like some e- that i don't yeah I probably some that you don't <laughs> whoops <laughs> Pin- don't find amelia on pinterest she's not going to respond to your questions <laughs> yeah that's the most offensive one i didn't say it was offensive i just said you're not going to answer any questions on it oh yeah that's probably true <laughs> <laughs> don't message amelia on pinterest she's just there to find cute things cute rainbows to put in her house um <laughs> that's basically true <laughs> um, all right well that's what we have for you this week it's uh, not all we have for you this week you can also find us at aswaydpod and if you add the gmail.com you can email us but make sure you don't put that in a twitter because twitter's gonna get real confused that's why you're <laughs> tweeting aswaid at gmail.com why your episode so great question mark send tweet <laughs> But you could do that. I mean, we're not your parents. Who cares? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what we have. Um, 
I know we had said that a Schitt's Creek season six episode was coming your way and um, I believe it will be next week um, if I can get my shit together. <laughs> or the week after, uh, one of the two. Um, it's, it's coming soon, but not yes. just, you know, we'll let you know. Yes. So um, yeah, that that is what we have coming up and some other fun stuff. So yeah, um, with that, I've been Amelia. I've been Sherrick, and sometimes you're like a 51-year-old former Marine Scout sniper, and you're working for the Defense Intelligence Agency, which doesn't really exist, but it does for the sake of the story, and then you're just like disillusioned with killing because some little girl call you, pull the trigger, and you hit somebody in the neck instead of in the head, and so you retire, and they're like, that's totally fine. You can retire if you want, but actually, we're going to like create this like crazy clone of you that's like younger or whatever, and we're going to send them after you, and they're not going to know that it's you, and then you're going to have like all these fights. And you're going to like try and explain to them that they're actually a younger clone of you and that their dad, who is like clearly not the same color of you, is totally not your dad. And then they're going to find out and you're going to team up with you. And then they're going to like fight that dude. And then you're going to find out that he cloned you again. And now you're you and your clone are fighting your other clone. And then you beat him and then you destroy the dude who happened to be Clive Owen, which is really cool. I love when Clive Owen gets work. And then all of a sudden you're just like, cool, I'm going to like make sure that you like don't kill them because that's my job. I'm an old man. I already done the killing. I don't want that on your conscience. So then you can go ahead and go to college as Jackson Brogan. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>